Working Dog Radio. <laughs> Broadcasting the bite. We're super excited to have Ray Allen back on as a sponsor out in Colorado Springs. Be sure to use the discount code Working Dog Radio spelled out for your 10% off of your next order. RayAllen.com. It's not just for working dogs, guys. It's for all dogs and no sex offenders. True story. You guys have all heard us talk about it. Our favorite e-collars, dogsure.com. They got ball trainers. They got bark collars. They got the 1900S that we love. Ted, how do they get a discount? Go to dogtrue.com, just like it sounds. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. I suggest the ball popper or the 1900S because I use a ton of both of those. But yeah, dogtrue.com. Our good friend Cameron Ford, we've had him on the podcast. We've been on his podcast. He's over there in Vegas now, silverstatek9.com. He's brought his scientific approach to detection work over there to Vegas, silverstatek9.com. All kinds of uh, detection and supervisory schools and everything else like that. Ted, what do you think of that place? It's awesome. I mean, Cameron is one of the most well-versed guys when it comes to the scientific approach and the detection work when it comes to finding bombs or drugs. He's one of the only guys, I think, that ever ran a dog in three states as a law enforcement officer if i remember correctly but yeah great facility great people great training uh hit them up silverstatecanine.com if you guys have seen ted and i posting pictures of these bad ass poker chips we got we got them for van s canine torchlight canine hrd working dog radio we get those from our friends at combat bet challenge coins ted talk about where they can get them and little discount combatbetbet.com use the discount code spelled out working dog radio and try before you buy with the sampler pack be sure to go to combatbet.com forward slash wdr and then plug in the discount code wdr and they'll send you a free sample pack of the ceramic coins and of the metal ones so you can choose which one you want We're super excited to have Horizon Structures on board as a sponsor of the podcast. They're a family-owned business, and they have quality customer service, and their pricing is super, super simple. In fact, if you head over to Horizon Structures, you can see the full gamut of their pre-made kennels, and they go from mild to, I would live in one of these things, wild. So, uh, Eric, (laughs) where can you find them? Horizonstructures.com. It's like a buffet for kennels and everything on that. Horizonstructures.com, or call them toll-free, 888 447-4337. All right, we are back. Working Dog Radio. I am Ted Summers uh, from a very rainy Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you hear thunder in the background, uh, we're getting some pre-Thanksgiving thunderstorms. So uh, with me as always is Eric Stambro. Uh, Eric, what's up? Uh, You know, the usual stuff. I got a new dog in from Europe. No, <laughs> sprinkled. Just give us a day. We'll get all your bullshit weather. Um, got a new dog in Tuesday uh, from Holland. Took him to uh, that this, that old school that I use uh, oh, yeah. back home. And, right, um, right. you know, it's, it's, the, it's the, listen, I get the dog Tuesday. And some people are like, oh, I like to wait three, four days, five days, whatever. I'll give, you, I'll give you a couple days, and we're going to start some environmentals. I actually started yesterday at the tower at the old canine field yeah. uh, on the open graded steps. You know, those I fail yep. more dogs on those stupid steps than anything. Um, and then, so I took them to the school today, all slick floors, uh, old school wooden floors that creak and crack when you walk on them, uh, um, yeah. different types of linoleum, different shiny shit, dark rooms, you know, and it's, 
when I take them to the dark rooms at these schools, it's pretty brutal because it's down the steps, like steep steps into the dark basement. And dog did phenomenal, so I'm super happy with it. Um, the SWAT the SWAT guys were there using the same school, so I got to reminisce and bullshit with the boys for a little bit. And awesome made me miss the job for about five minutes, <laughs> and then I left and got over it. <laughs> uh, it's been a year and uh, year and nineteen days since I retired, so. Yeah, well, yeah. So, uh, we're, I got some handle or some dudes in trainer school right now. Um, I got handler school spinning up. Sold a couple of green dogs to a harm department. Um, yeah, so kind of trying to finish out the year. So, since we've had Daryl on, uh, we have been to Boston for HRD and we have been to Buffalo, New York for HRD. And, mm-hmm. uh, Those were busy. Yeah, and cold. Um, <laughs> Boston yeah. was, f- or Buffalo was fucking cold. Man, that was miserable. Um, yeah, Buffalo was pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, between those two locations, we had almost 60 teams. So, I mean, it was busy. It was good. Um, in there, I also went to North Carolina uh, to hang out with our buddy Travis Bobo, uh, who was from Griffin Security. Um, HRD and Griffin are going to be doing a... Uh, Law Enforcement Survivability Seminar uh, in September of 2020. Um, it's going to be a three-day deal. It's going to be canine and some other stuff. But uh, at some point, I'm going to have Travis on once we get the website up and everything else. Probably January-ish. Um, January, February, we'll have him on to talk about that, plus talk about his background and everything else, which is pretty interesting in and of itself, So, um, which is also related to our guest tonight. But... Um, yeah, so other than that, we've got, by the time this airs, uh, we'll be gearing up to go to Cincinnati for our final HRD of the year, um, which is a much-needed break after that. So we'll be seeing oh, yeah. um, Donnie and the kids in Cincinnati. And then after that, uh, we've got Memphis in the last week of January with HRD and then uh, Dover, Delaware with Delaware State Police with Nick Ronzo and those guys. Uh, that's going to be a good one. Nick was one of our yeah, decoys. Yeah, those will be good. Yeah, Nick was one of our decoys. Mm-hmm. He drove up to Buffalo from uh, Delaware. Uh, good decoy, good canine handler. Um, that's going to be a fun That's going to be a fun one. So if you're in Delaware or if you're in the Memphis area, uh, look us up, HRD, Police Canine Letter K number 9. Uh, to come to the seminar, um, contact Ray, Ray at police, or uh, HRD police canine.com, um, to get signed up. Uh, but yeah. So tonight, and if you want a decoy, <laughs> you, if you, real quick, if you want a decoy in Delaware, you better bring some, you better bring your fucking lunch because those dogs are <laughs> 80 pounds plus every one of them. Yeah. I'm like, and that. I'm like next they show up. I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you have a Volkswagen <laughs> I'm pretty with sure a leash? Like and they're like, oh wait, there's a Buick behind me. Yeah, Just I'm wait. Sure. I'm and I'm sure like, yeah. Bid, bid requirements for Delaware State Police, their dog has to be 100 pounds plus. Like, every, they brought those dogs to Philly, and I swear to God, every single one of those dudes, those dogs were 100 and something pounds, every single one of them. Yep. And I was like, fuck, this is one time I'm glad I'm not decoying. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, no thanks. Sean good. and fucking Neil were in there. I'm like, oh, well. I mean, I'll Dude, be there. When we do the vehicles with the bungees, they're going to be laying waste <laughs> to dudes' triceps, man. <laughs> Yeah, we'll Crushing be there. Them. We'll be there when we get there. So just don't worry about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Oh God! What are you bitching yeah. about? So, anyways, stop. You signed up for it. Uh, so tonight, 
Um, we have a, a guest that's known throughout um, some of the special operations communities here in the United States uh, for the military working dogs and multi-purpose canines. Um, one of the trainers over at USASOC, um, he's going to tell his story. We're going to talk about uh, detection work. We're going to talk about tracking. Everybody I've talked to um, that kind of references this guy is like, yo, you need to have this dude on. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I reached out to, uh, we had actually a handler who I'm sure is probably going to hear this, reach out to us and say, Hey, you know, you get in contact with him. So, um, through email and everything else, we made contact, but tonight we have on, uh, Roy Putnam. Roy, how are you? Good buddy. How are you? Ah, man, I'm super stoked to have you on. Um, you know, just from the people that I know that have said, you know, we need to have this dude on. Uh, we're super excited to have you here. And, um, so let's start with a little bit like, you know, what you do now, um, and kind of how you got there, I guess. Okay. Well, what I do now is I have about 15 teams and they are what we call, uh, our special operators and we pair them up and send them out to deployments. So that's where I'm at right now. That's why currently <laughs> yeah. you're well. So you're the one of the head guys for USASOC, correct? One of the master trainers, right? One of the master trainers. I'm assigned the third group. Okay, so you're over at third group now. Um, so right. give us a little bit of background, like how you got there and um, how you ended up at third group and uh, with USASOC and through the whole master trainer status, because you know. Um, I mean, you came through, you're part of the same generation of guys uh, with Licklider. So right. you're part of that whole group of cats. So kind of start us, start us off there. Okay, well, let's put like 1978. I was laughing when I graduated patrol dog school. So that was my first patrol dog. And I was in the uh, U.S. Army. I left there, went to Alaska to take care of that patrol dog. Um, I put in paperwork to go to become an instructor at Lackland. So I returned back to Lackland about 83. I was there about six and a half years, and I instructed in the uh, patrol narcotics courses and assisted into the explosive courses. I became a master instructor for the Air Force. Um, and then I did my assignment to Germany from there. In Germany, I was with 42nd Customs, which we probably had close to about 15 units. And we were probably close to about 200 dogs across the board with all of us. So detection was our main game of uh, clearing troops going back. So their household goods could, uh, you know, get on pretty fast without getting hung up in customs. And I retired out of the Army at Fort Gordon in 1996. Went with the local Columbia County Sheriff's Office for about 10 years. Uh, and I left there, and that's when I packed back up with uh, Kenny Licklider again for contracting for this, this job here was about 2008. And I've been with this program for, well, since about 2008 now. And that's how I so you were smart and escaped <laughs> from the, from <laughs> well, the police world. That's, uh, well, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the people. I'm not going to get too poopy about it with other things, but I enjoy the community. We had a great teams and we had a great report. Yeah. It's just, you know, you, you, Sometimes lose the after how the upper echelon thinks. And it's time to move on. 
that's a very common theme is <laughs> Eric's being exceptionally <laughs> quiet. Um, <laughs> that's a very common theme in a lot of things. You know, that's one of the things we talk about at HR seminars. Like in the last day I tell guys and Eric tells people, you know, I mean, he's, uh, his, his heart's always going to be as a patrolman. He was a patrolman his entire career and that's where his, um, so where his heart lies. And I mean, I, I care about canine. I, I want uh, yeah. those guys. I want the one, the, you know, the 3% of the 1% to be the, uh, uh, the most professional and the most effective. Uh, and, you know, and I've always argued and will continue to argue that a well-trained dog and a well-trained handler will always have a place on a modern um, military unit and a modern canine in uh, a modern uh, police and a modern police department, no matter what technology changes or happens. Uh, but, that that does not come easily, so we consistently have to train. Sure, and you're 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 fighting against the old the old guys, you know that that don't think a canine handler is really worthy. You know, you sort right. of get their worst crew of guys to become handlers, um, and, and that's still out there, unfortunately. But you know, you got a good a leader, you can pretty much take those guys that no one wanted, and most times their niche is canine. Right. So and you can build them up. You know, there are several things that guys told me, like, oh, you know, you need to talk to, to Roy about this or Roy about that. One of the things that they talked about is like, oh, the detection work. You need to talk to the dude about detection work. Uh, we've had several really good detection trainers on. Guys, I'm sure you know, like Don Blair and Pat Nolan and those dudes. And one of the things that I really want to talk about that we have a lot of questions about all the time are the imprinting phases. So you know, once we go through selection, which we've done an entire deal about, you know, once you get a dog into the kennels out there at third group, how do you start um, going about your imprinting process? Well, I'm lucky enough that we have a basic course first. Yeah. Right. So our handlers have about a good seven weeks of some detection already. So you're really not going to, and that's, that's due to contract and we don't, we can't control that, but they're going to have at least a good seven weeks of imprinting. Um, and environmentals. So by the time we get them, our environmental picture is very, very little. You know, helicopters, you know, out of helicopters in the water, that kind of stuff. So those are things we have to overcome. Sometimes weapons um, will be a picture, uh, picture that we have to do. But getting into, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm definitely going to say I'm with Kenny Licklad as far as stewing odors. I stew half the years. Um, ever since I met him, I used to select at Lackman and I used to do one odor, one inch, one inch in depth and one inch in foot and each one at a time for 80 trials, assisting and all that good old protocol we used to do back then. Right. And then I run into Kenny Licklider and I'm on, you know, nine odors in about 20 minutes. And I'm like, Hmm, I'm sure I'm wasting a lot of time teaching the dog every one of these odors separately because now I got to go teach him and find the pattern. Right. It just, it just changes so much. So I, I will take a dog brand new and we will go out and we'll start out with open areas first and see where the dog is at. I got to see what the course put into him. And then we allow that dog to pull us to the odors and we increase that. We want that. We're not going to stop and make him do a pattern to it. We're not going to pull him back. As soon as he starts showing the interest, I let him get up and go. And once he gets there, we get our response we want out of him. I'll start pairing it with the down position when we start doing things. So our dogs work out of an off position. So he knows he's starting to work when I lay him down. So with that picture, we get a lot out of it. Yeah. You know, you brought up something too, which we don't really talk about a whole lot. Kenny, 
is a bundling guy and talked about it quite a bit. And that's kind of beyond the scope of this conversation. Uh, we've done <laughs> one that talks about that. <laughs> and um, there's, there's a lot of people that bundle and there's some that don't, but that was kind of one of the conversations, um, kind of something that I wanted you to hit on. But um, so by the time they get to you, they're already sort of on like basic odors. They've or... had their odors. They've had their vehicles. They've had their warehouses. Okay. They've had their, you know, their environmentals. Now, right. you know, sometimes you're still going to have that, that, that handler picture where the handler's still learning. So the dog's not finished. He's not done by any means. We get a good basic core to start with. And it allows me, you know, I mean, I have to accelerate. Sometimes I have to get the guys out in less than a month. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, Damn. You know, that's, yeah, not that's, my, that's not my yeah. choice. You know, that's not oh. my choice. Right. So with a lot of things that we figure that Com- we do, um, well, I start in like the 2008 coming off of, you know, my, my year, my years in law enforcement. You know, I used to go out to the same thing, you know, uh, interdiction seminars was a lot of it because we used to work I-20 a lot. Um, but, you know, how can I get my dog to find drugs all the time? I don't want to lead him around the car. I don't want to, you know, hey, has it been this box? Has it been this wheel? Hey, check over here. I got a dog because he has a nose. And I'm thinking this dog can go hunt. So a lot of what we do, I do, is I put the hunt back in. I want him to become a hunter again. I know it sounds weird. But I actually want him to know what his job is. And that's no, to find I, that I, target odor that we're looking for without me I, stepping in the picture, without me being involved in it at all. I, before we started recording, you told me that you're old school. And I've, and I've had several people tell me, you're like, oh, no, you know, like he's, he's you know, part of that generation. What you just said is a very, um, I, I would say, modern um, way of handling. Um, there are still people that teach like the old blocking techniques where they walk around and they present and they do everything else. And I'm yeah, like, I can't uh, do that. no, yeah. Well, they're all narcotics handlers. I mean, explosive handlers are doing that for, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but, um, you know, by, no, there's a lot. Of, here's the thing. I find out there's a lot of government contracts, man, state department and otherwise where, well, where yeah, the explosive that, dog yeah. handlers, cause checkpoint stuff, man, they're doing that lock and block. And, uh, uh, it's a big statement of work for a ton of federal government contracts, a ton of them. Uh, I actually oh. sold a dog to a company, fully trained up explosive dog, and they returned her because she she wouldn't do that. I trained her to free search, and she would suck the paint off. But if you did that lock and block, she she thought you were playing. So she would play with you. And um, it, it drives me fucking nuts. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you, Ted. <laughs> no, you're good. That's, me, that's, the, that's the whole point why I went and did what I did. You know, I went to a, I had a case some years ago, and my dog had a, a really, really decent car. And, of course, at that time in Georgia, you had to have video if you wanted to go make it a federal charge. So I, I started learning to take my dog just downwind of the vehicle. And if he turned in and went into the car and sat on it, it was a lot better picture than me going around the car. And when I took this case, that video, and went up in front of the grand jury to go get the case going, I mean, it was nice. Some old guy in the, in, the, in the grand jury is like, wow, you see that dog? He just went over there by himself. He didn't have to be told to go. And I was like, huh, Eureka. You know, this is the point where it is unbiased. This dog is actually doing what you're training it to do, and that should be your forefront. So go back to our older, my, my younger days when uh, my trainers that I worked with and my other fellow instructors, we used to take and put an odor behind the door. And then we'd move that odor back a foot at a time. And then we'd move it back two feet and three feet and see how far we could put the odor behind the door, closed door, and see how far the dog would hit. And eventually, we'd try to get across the room, 
because remember back then we were IBM users in the, in the military as far as in the barracks. So at that point, you think about it, if you get a dog that could hit an odor from the dresser at the doorway, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just opening up the door now. So the dog learns to find the odor right there. It's coming out of the room and he learns to make a beeline right to it. But we teach him. We don't teach him to go around the room a hundred times, but we teach him to hit the odor and go right to it. He gets his reward fast. We go out and move on. And so in other words, what we've done is what I've tried to do is I try to take that picture of us going around the room in the room and bring it to the hallway. I should only have to go into rooms where there's an odor present and not have to go into a room where there is not one. So, I mean, I can so remember conversations with people years ago. Well, he needs to know what a blank room smells like, boy. I said, he don't know what a full room smells like. So how much time do you spend that uh, uh, talking to handlers <laughs> about what a change of behavior looks like? And it's a loaded question because I kind of know the answer. But um, how, how much time do you start talking about, like, changes in behavior? Well, you don't have to if the dog is doing it for you all the time. They get to see it, and they're right behind it watching it. There you go. <laughs> so they get to follow it, and then they're, they're really going, wow, do you see that? You know, and I said, well, watch, hold on a second. Your dog's going to hit over here by this tree because you're not paying attention to the wind today. I've noticed. And watch, and then bingo, the dog hits it from the tree, runs right across the road. So I think my biggest emphasis on any of my guys I talk to is they got to understand the wind dress, especially when they're working outside. It's going to yeah. bring it to the dog. Yeah. Now, if you're oh, going yeah. with the wind, <laughs> you're going to be a little goofy today, you know? Exactly. Nothing's going to crawl up that wind and snap the dog, you know? You've got to come with it. So, again, a lot of that stuff. And teaching them flow, you know, teaching how, you know, fast the winds, you might be a little bit more of a, you know, a, a smaller band coming across or, you know, a slower wind. It could spread a little bit more. Cold weather, you guys up there in Buffalo, you know that cold weather, that oh, it's going to stay a little bit closer to the source. It's not going to be spread out all over the place. The molecules aren't moving. Yeah. A little bit more heat, they move or they spread, and you know they do the other business. So, so I mean, uh, we pretty much try to get them in that picture. A lot of the work that the that that those dogs do, um, what the the group that you're specifically attached to, um, is substantially different than a lot of other, I guess, special operations guys or even law enforcement EOD. Talk a little bit about kind of the standoff ability or. Do you do a lot of on lead or is a lot of your other stuff with the dogs off or how you sort of do, you... do it all? You sort of do it all. When I set up problems for the guys to run, say like right now, and it really depends on the guy's experience and where he's at with his dog through the day. As I set things up for him, he's going to work on leash, short leash, 30 footer. We're going to do directional, probably out 20, 30 meters, you know, run the dog across the field and work them back, zigzag back to us into an odor. So the dog learns to do it all because you can, you, I know you talk to people and you say, Hey, right. you got a long leash or where's your short leash? Oh, I don't use a short leash. I work my dog off leash. He works better off leash. Yeah. yeah. You should work all of it on, off, long, short. You just don't know where you're going to be at, especially our guys when they get into some more of these rubble type areas, you know, yeah. you don't want to lose a dog down a, a, <laughs> a crevice <laughs> deal, you know, or building crops because their dog's off leash running. Um, but you know, we, we have to just by nature have a good standoff for us. Well, yeah. And, and that's kind of the, the explosive dogs that we do. I, I, you know, typically I don't have an, an experienced handler, but, um, we, we, I'm kind of like, you don't really need to be running up on bombs. <laughs> so unfortunate, unfortunate for us, 
we've had a situation where we lost a dog and he was on the end of that 30 foot lead, but we didn't move the handle. Nah. So we sort of figure, you know, 30 feet, you're pretty good. And right. All those dog handles yeah. <laughs> have always been those guys out front in the danger. You know, I've always clear it or made, made the assumption of a dog handle to a person. Just take a big lumber saw blade in the mill and let that spindle turn it, throw a leash around it. And when it catches, that's how fast you go to danger. It's just that quick. You're yeah, that close. Yeah. You are that guy. And if you're that guy, then you know you are. Yeah. And and, that sounds you know, weird, but I mean, you're there for that reason. That's your excitement level. We have a really good friend that's a, a current handler with or with a unit um, that was injured. Most of the handlers were injured during that last deployment. Um, and it, it's no different than in, in law enforcement. You know, I, I tell administrators, you know, too, that canine handlers are disproportionately put in a position to high uses of force and or instances of use than any other specialized unit in law enforcement. Um, and so <laughs> they end up getting in the middle of a lot of things more so than your average, even more than SWAT guys. And, uh, you know, sure. you end up with a lot of people that do a lot of shit because they end up being in the middle of it all the fucking time, whether it's, you know, vehicle sniffs or tracking and apprehensions. You know, one of the things you mentioned that is super important um, that I think, you know, is a standoff um, ability. Do you guys do indirect direct reward or for like those guys or for the explosive dogs? Is it a variable or what's the uh, protocol for that? Well, we'll work out to it. We'll use, I use a marker. Right. So when my dog does hit the source of an odor, he gets a marker from us and he returns back for his ball. We don't throw it at the, bomb and run around and chip off plates and stuff. He's got a way in there. He's probably going to come out the same way straight to us. So yeah. again, you know, markers probably everybody don't use. And I think the biggest problem I see with people that do use them is they probably don't understand as much. You know, I was taught by a great dude that, you know, that I have grown to admire a lot, Pat Nolan. Um, yeah. I really like yeah. his, his system and I took some time with it and watched him and, I blended it into ourselves, and that word blend is what I think most people don't understand. You can't. you got to have that separation. Dog's got to be a task. You throw your marker. Then you reach for your item and give it to him, whatever it's going to be, tug, toy, ball, whichever. But it has to be separate. Otherwise, when that dog blends, he just watches your hand move, and he goes in and breaks on his own. So I sort of use the marker as a release. He stays there until I tell him that it's okay to come back. Does that make sense? You know, and then, then as I come back to, I could actually move a little bit further away from that point, and all he's waiting for me is to give him the ball. So he doesn't have to be rewarded instantaneously to learn it, um, you know, or to earn his ball. Uh, and I don't find any fail point in it. Now, if you do mark too quick, too fast, and blend, you could get a dog that rebounds off the owner. But it's not like he didn't find it. You just have to tune it up and clean it up a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, Eric tells the story about um, the evaluators where uh, the dog will only look where the handler's looking. And a lot of times, you know, you're, you have, uh, you'll come into the room and the handler look in this corner of the room and the dog will only look, or in the corner where that, <laughs> that handler's looking, or the right. dog will go into a room by himself, he'll find odor, he'll alert and kind of turn around and look and be like, oh shit, nobody's here. And he'll leave odor. And go find the handler right. and then come back. And as soon as the handler's right. standing there watching, then he's like, oh, dude, I got this now. Right? I know exactly where it's at. So That can, uh, that can happen. 
yeah, you know, that oh, can yeah. happen, and, and it's yeah. part of that. It's part of that that misery of doing a marker, but. A lot of times it starts that as the handler goes and does the little peekaboo. You know, oh, like peeking yeah. on the corner to see if the dog's in. And eventually the dog's in the way. I can go out to the hallway and meet him. You know, dogs chain up what they eat, what they need to keep, and they get rid of what they don't need to keep. So if yeah. it's wasting his behavior to go in there and wait for him, he can shorten it up by meeting him in the doorway. So give you a, give you an idea. Uh, on a 30-footer, say I'm working a, a building or something like that, I drop the dog in the main hallway at the door. He goes in. He, he'll go through a doorway or up to a doorway, sniff both sides. There's nothing there. He'll continue on the next one. Nothing there. He continues on the next one. When he finds one, he just turns and he goes in. So you know at that point your dog has odor. That's the only time he's going to go in the room. And that lead, that long lead, just slide on that door. You'll hear it. And then all of a sudden it just drops. So you're, you're SWAT trained a little bit like myself and a few others. He pied the door and... You see the tail brush, and you don't need to go make eye contact with him. Right. You mark him right there. That's where he's not looking for that stuff that way. So, again, a lot of times, you know, there's, there's different ways we've approached it. What, I, what I've learned is this. When I'm a young drug dog days, we really validated our training off of what we did within, in the drug world, whether we worked on the borders, San Diego, Texas, you know, all those good places, and we got the big, large fines. But we never really validated our training on explosive dogs. Until now. Yeah, that, now they're getting validated that's all that's the right. time. Right. So now we're, we're out there, we <laughs> are validated what we're doing. So it's a lot different than the old Maytag days. So we used to sit around waiting for the courthouse to get a bomb set, but over there, you know, throw off the air conditioning units. You know, get everything all prepped for us to come in here, walk around, okay, nothing here, walk back out. We didn't know. I mean, you hope like heck that place didn't go off when you walked out that door. You know, but you do the best you can. Your training was good. You dropped down all your training aids. You know, and you're, you're pretty happy with that. But right now we're finding out that a lot of what we're doing, you know, we got dogs hitting stuff, you know, 50 meters away from us, 60 meters away from us on their own working. Half a football field, sometimes a football field. Yeah, even see, even law enforcement, explosive dogs need to be doing that. Um, I think so. Yeah, we see a lot. Of that. Way. I train my, yeah, I train my explosive dogs and my drug dogs, uh, uh, very similar, except for I do a lot more situational stuff where the the dog, um, the explosive d- dog for law enforcement will see the handler like behind cover, like, you know, something weird, some different thing where they're – because we, we tell everybody that you should never use your dog in law enforcement to um, verify if a, if a thing that looks like a bomb is actually a bomb. Yeah. But the reality yeah. is – the reality is the handlers still do it because the yeah. bosses make them do it. I'm saying it's unfortunate because it's, in our case, when that's happened, we have guys that don't have legs now. Right. Because yeah. They yeah. did go back and they validated it. Yeah. 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 It's a bomb. Yeah. If it looks yeah. like a bomb, treat it like a bomb. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> Eric, was it you, Eric, was it you that had a dude that had somebody show up, like one of your handlers showed up and like the, like normal patrol guys were like, oh, there's a grenade on the counter in there. And they're like, we need you to search the building. And he's like, what the fuck? No, no, man. <laughs> like, that's not a dog call. Like, we know where it's at. You can see it. Go call the fucking bomb guys. I'm not sending the dog in there. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> no. Had a nice customs mission in Ramstein, Germany, man. We were clearing out the uh, amnesty box. And we popped it open, two grenades rolled out. And that was something that was an exact comment. Hey, do we need a bomb dog from uh, Umbador? I'm like, no, excuse me, from Ramstein? I'm like, no, it's, those are grenades. <laughs> the, those are those grenades. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't need yeah. a dog to tell you that, bro. 
<laughs> yeah. I think, I think my Put it in your lap and drive it back to the talk. I think my favorite text was a, a, a up the saucer in a Coke bottle bomb in the mailbox. And the dispatch oh, called me, you know, paged me, called me. And I called back, so what do you got? She goes, well, we got the, this, uh, it's like a soda bottle. They put like some saucers in it and it exploded in the mailbox. I'm like, okay. He's called patrol to go do a report. Damage to, you know, mailbox. Well, we thought you canine guys wanted to be on it. It's a long explosive deal. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, again, it's, it's strange on how people look at some of that stuff. I tell you, you know, I think what made a, a lot of difference for us, and, and it's going to sound insane, but I think some years ago I started putting my odors not not together, mixing them. But I would place my meth in my crack or marijuana in the same hiding spot. Because what I found is when I was chasing people and they're throwing their stuff, it was a lot easier to find it because it was mixed. They were together. And it was separately. No, absolutely. Found, so with explosives, it baffles me. It blows my mind today how we're still looking for the training aid. The C4, the black powder, the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at things, the way we've done things for quite a while now, is whatever makes whatever makes what go boom, we put them together. And we seem to be finding more, right, bombs, yeah. more devices than we are when they were separate. You're going to find one or the other. Does that make sense a little bit? No, oh, absolutely. So with, that picture, oh, yeah. with that picture, we've been able to find more you know, unfortunately, more IDs, more explosive setups in buildings that were wired and stuff because, you know, we'll run the, the deck cord down through the walls and stuff and we'll put the C4 on the back of it like it's supposed to be. But we get a better picture out of it than it is just finding the separate odors themselves. Like we're still trying to collect up our training kit at the end of the day. Yeah, well, we talked to uh, Paul Hammond about, uh, we interviewed him, mm, damn, almost a year ago. Um, now, but he kind of talked about that. He talked about, you know, as a law enforcement handler, you know, working on actionable intelligence that you've actually got the the chances of a law enforcement person finding TNT is pretty fucking low. Um, if you're a canine handler that finds bombs in the United States, you're pretty much working on HME. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you're, you're working on HME. Um, you're not yeah. going to find fucking Simtex and C4 or whatever else. I mean, you might, but you're, it's so fucking rare. The, the ATF has done a very good job in making sure that that shit stays out of the hands of people who aren't supposed to have it. Yep, um, definitely. But um, routinely, people train on that shit all the fucking time, like they're going to continue to find it, but they don't train on HME, and that's the stuff that's relatively easy to make, and you don't have to have a license to make it. And, uh, well, I mean, you do, but they do it anyway. So, you know, one of the things that Paul talked about, um, was exactly what you talked about when he was over, uh, fighting the IRA, you know, dealing with the IRA bombs in, um, in the UK, uh, the same thing where they would have, you know, whatever it was, ammonium nitrate and they would have, you know, black powder or they would have actual, whatever the hell it was that was the, like combination and you know they would have the actual combination of odors um but they did the same thing like they would teach the individual odors first and then come back and teach them the whole the 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 larger picture as it was but yeah for sure Sure. 
I mean, it's just something mm-hmm. that we've done. I've done it probably since about 2008. Because you know, I did, you know, my, my big picture for me is I had, before I even got out into law enforcement and went and visit, you know, Kenny Licklider, I'd already done 20 years myself as a, as a handler prior to all that. And that's, I think, sometimes my guys, it amazes them a little bit. You know, it's like, like this wasn't my first job here, you know. <laughs> it's it about 41 years of work that I've invested in this, you know. And it's like, you, you grow and you see, and I still, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be like any other dog handler or trainer. I'm going to see something and go, huh, I like that. I don't like the whole thing, but I like that piece. I can, I can use that at. And just keep it as simple as heck. Um, I, I think I take a lot of pride. I know I take a lot of pride. My dog is just working down the road. Tails wagging. You know, they're happy to go to work. They look like little scooters when they take off. I mean, they're throwing rooster tails to go to work. And they're hunting. Yeah, It's their business. And these guys need that fast detection ability to move in and move out of things. Sure. And it's just a little bit different. But, you know, we try to get some of the local guys every now and then. But, wow, man, it's, it's so lockstep lock into the old stuff. <laughs> it's like, wow. You got to yeah. get out of that dog's way. He had odor when you stepped in the room. Why don't you just let him go to it, you know? Well, we can't. we got to do a pattern. I'll tell you the weird thing is I worked with someone. I won't talk about the agency or nothing like that, but I worked with him. He came here for about a week to work with us, and then he went to his agency, and he did some training and stuff, and they set up their certifications, and he pretty much started doing what I do a little bit of. And uh, they set up their search, and two of the guys that, you know, that follow the guy and listen to him, finished their 30-minute search in 10 minutes. The other guys were, you know, well in their 40 or 50 minutes, and the boss guy comes down and says, hey, What's wrong with these two guys? They're done in 10 minutes. What, you guys didn't set the problem up long enough or what? <laughs> no, the dogs are more efficient. You know, it just, it just blows my mind to go, hey, you know, this is what I told him. I said, you're going to be a weirdo. You, you, you're not going to be the norm, but your dog is actually doing what we expected, what I expected years ago. I'm, I'm asking my instructor years ago. So if he's supposed to find this stuff, why am I tapping things? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got there to you go. go. Uh, yeah, right. and I'm like, why is this? You know, that was my question for years until I just got a little bit fed up with it and just started, you know, and let's see if I can't figure it all the way to get a dog to, to take me to it without me tapping to it. Uh, <laughs> my my partner, <laughs> who's an old seventh group guy, but he saw somebody doing that and was like, do you track like that too? And they're like, well, no, why? You know, and he said, well, uh, <laughs> I mean, why don't you track like that? Well, we don't know where the track goes. <laughs> and I was like, uh... And immediately, like, kind of the wisdom kind of set in for me. I was like, oh, shit, he's making a point here. <laughs> you don't stand out in front of the dog and tell him where to track? And you're like, no, well, we, we don't do that anymore. So we don't do that at all. Yeah, we haven't touched on that a little bit, but my time in Germany, I probably put more Vienna sausages across that country to make a, 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 an Oktoberfest. <laughs> I never found a damn thing. <laughs> it's, we're going to go to commercial and uh, we're going to pay some bills right quick to make sure that this thing stays. Don't in the skip air. the commercials, people. Don't fucking skip the commercials because you get discount codes. So, probably my favorite product, one that actually really delivers what they say has been quick turn by vet care. We use it on uh, all kinds of dogs in our kennels. It's, it's, Fast-acting wound care for all species of animals. You can use it on yourself. Dad and I both have done it. We're getting yep. cut. we got a lot of people doing it. 
We get a lot of testimonials on our social media from people showing pictures of what they've done with their dog. It's Quick Derm by Vet Care. Ted, talk about discount codes and where to find it. Yeah, if you go to vetcare.us and use the discount code 10WDR, you get 10% off your first order. And there's rumors that she upgrades the sizes too if you use that. So that may happen. It may not. You never know. But yeah, it, it keeps small things from becoming big things. Uh, so get some and toss it in your bag. It's t- temperature stable, so you don't have to worry about it cooking or freezing up in the patrol car. But yeah, vetcare. US. We love our partners down in Florida at Southern Coast Canine. We love Bill and Peggy Heiser. And of course, Danny Cornier, who's their right-hand man, is one of our favorite people as well. They do a fantastic job of selecting green dogs and training them up and getting patrols, handlers through patrol schools. And they also have a list of decoy schools and a full gamut of detection seminars as well. Eric, where can you find them? SouthernCoastCanine.com. That's a letter K, the number nine.com. Give them a call at 877-903-DOGS. I can tell you this, every seminar that we've been at where there's been Southern Coast Canine Dogs, they've all been solid. Every single one of them, never have to worry about it. We get right to work. SouthernCoastCanine.com. I've been dying to get this company on as as a sponsor for the podcast, Horizon Structures. You go to their website and check it out. They have got some of the neatest things you can build for a kennel. Why do all the work yourself? Have somebody else do it. They will set it up at your location delivered anywhere in the continental U.S. Uh, Ted, talk about their website real quick. Yeah, it's horizonstructures.com. And if you go over and check it out, you can see the list of choices, which is almost mind-boggling for everything from the outside to the inside. And you can go from completely mild and unfinished on the inside to completely decked out like a surgical suite with stainless steel, everything and heated floors and anything you can think of in between. And the big thing that you mentioned is they deliver anywhere in the United States and they set it up. So when it's set up, when they drop it off, you can put dogs in it immediately that day. And uh, yeah, saves a ton of time, but hit them up. Horizonstructures.com. 888-447-4337. They have an on-staff engineer that walks you through the entire process from start to finish, which is excellent customer service, which makes it much, much easier to get back to what you do well, which is training dogs. Yep, we just finished up the uh, hits uh, interviews and got them posted up from Chicago. Uh, next year, we're going to be doing the same thing, except Eric and I are also going to be instructing and bringing our unique brand of scenario-based training to the masses there, and it will be the masses in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's going to be the 18th through the 21st of 2020. Uh, hits K9, letter K number nine dot net is where you're going to go find all the information to get signed up. So, Eric, what did you think? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I, I loved it. You know, Hits is the biggest and the best. They have the most handlers that come there. So like if you're a company that's wanting to be a vendor, you will not reach any more people in this business than it hits. 1,200 people. A lot of people like me have never really been to Scottsdale and Phoenix. I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be in August, but they got air conditioning like crazy. Yeah, 1,200 handlers and 100-ish vendors. Yeah, they make it, they don't oversell the vendor thing too. The ratio is very appropriate. So if you're a vendor and you're looking, get on a hitsk9.net. Or call Jeff Baird at 863-529-5113. Hits, the letter K, the number 9.net. Yeah, it's no secret that Eric and I use a lot of equipment around the kennels at Van Ness and at Torchlight. Uh, so for e-collars and ball popping stuff, I use Dogtra. I use the 1900S hands-free and their ball trainer, which is a popper and a dropper. I think I've got like six of those things now. And they're all on one remote, so I hide them in our cars and on our buses, and I hide them in places inside the detection building. So we have like six stations that we run the dogs on. Super, super clean way of doing it, and uh, I modify mine with magnets so I can stick them anywhere. 
Uh, my handlers like the 1900s because they're they're putting the button on their plate carrier so they don't have to mess with a uh, handheld remote and manipulate that at the same time. But uh, Eric, where do you get this stuff? Go to dogtrut.com. Don't forget to use your discount code as WDR10. That is all caps, WDR10. 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. Take a look at that new 3500X. It's their new uh, two-dog system for trainers. I'm telling you, it's the best two-dog system I've ever seen out there. Dogtra.com, WDR10 for 10% off a single item over 200. Some of our favorite people are, are out there in North Carolina, Highland Canine Training. Full gamut services, everything from green dogs, finished detection dogs, finished patrol dogs, all the way up to seminars, whatever you need there, full service facility. You can hit them up at tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Yep, we love those folks down there. Their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com, is so easy to navigate around and see everything that they have. They have uh, teams from all over the world that come there to train there, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. Challenge coins seem to be like currency in the canine industry. Everybody has them and everybody trades them and everybody collects them. So the guys over at Combat Bet make some really, really nice metal ones and they make some really, really nice poker chip ones. Um, if you've ever seen Eric and I in person, you've gotten some of these and I've got some for Torchlight. He has some for Van S. We have them for Working Dog Radio and HRD also. Uh, they do a great job and they're super high quality and the print on them is phenomenal. In fact, if you want, you can contact them. They'll send you sample packs so you can see exactly what it is, and they'll help you with all the artwork, too. Eric, where do you get them? We get them at combatbet.com. That's combatbet.com. They have a discount code for us. It's Working Dog Radio, all spelled out in capitals, Working Dog Radio. And if we see you in person, you better have one in your pocket because I'm going to drop one on you, and you're going to owe me a beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We love our partnership with RayAllen.com. They've been doing business, ethical business, RayAllen.com. They've got everything you need to know for uh, all dogs, not just not just working dogs. You guys that are training pets and training police dogs or, or have pets, check them out, RayAllen.com. Ted, there's a way for them to get a discount, correct? Yep, you go over there and you use the discount code Working Dog Radio for 10% off of your next order. They've got the Tricos gear, they've got vet care stuff, they've got some of the Working Dog dry goods muzzles and their own muzzles. They have that new rad harness that they just came out with, the Nomad, that everybody seems to be loving. Um, some of my guys are using it right now, one of the prototypes, and he's already had some, uh, some good work in it. So, RayAllen.com, use the discount code Working Dog Radio for 10% off your next order. All right, we are back, Working Dog Radio with Roy Putnam. Uh, before we go any further, uh, I want to say happy birthday, December 17th, to uh, Nick Scullin. Um <laughs> your, your girlfriend inboxed us and uh, wants to buy you a Christmas present. So it just so happens she caught us on a good day. So happy birthday, homie. Uh, Eric, um, so let's pick up where we left off. Okay, cool. So I had a question for you, Roy. Um, when I worked, um, you know, things evolve, right? And you've right. been doing this for a long time. When I, I worked the uh, West Coast SEAL contract for a little while, when I was working out there um, training the dogs, uh, you know, route clearance was our big thing. Um, and, and it had changed before I got there to where everything then was was pressure plate that we were working on. Um, how, many, how many variations, how many times are you seeing – Overseas, it just completely morphing based on probably on dogs. Well, they, you know, unfortunately, they can defeat a dog in a second. 
There, there's, I mean, I, there's mm-hmm. some things I just can't really talk about, but there, there's things that they, they do that you don't even think about. You're like, holy cow, who thought of that? You know, and it could be just as something as simple as a uh, garage door opening a beam. You know, when your garage door is closing and you got something in the way and mm-hmm. a little beam blocks it, it can be something as yeah. simple as that. You don't think about things like that. Dog runs yeah. through the door and it's done. So the feeling is no longer just pressure place no more. You know, and I think I think when they start modernizing, I don't know what Radio Shack do with all their gear. I don't mean to blast them, but although they do all the stuff they close their stores, <laughs> they have become pretty talented people. You know, and I think some of those organizations, just from the people I talk to that work overseas a lot more, um, they sort of collectively try to move their experts around the area to to make everybody as good. It doesn't mean they have to be, you know, our target that we're looking for now. It could be, you know, anything from any country from, I don't want to get into countries or label anybody, but you know what I'm talking about. Those experts from those other agencies that like to harm people, you know, can, mm-hmm. they share their network. Mm-hmm. So they advance. So pressure pipes, I think, 08, we were concerned with, but now it's a little bit different. Yeah, it it changes a lot, and you got it. You definitely, you know, actionable intelligence definitely helps you. You got to um, try to counter the stuff they're doing. Um, the pressure points, pressure plate stuff with us was, you know, based on how the um, when the dog alerted, how the uh, how it would be handled. You know, right. with the EOD guys and things like that. Um, I I was always fascinated by it. Um, but uh, do you? Let me ask you this. I, I talked to this with a lot of guys. We're just sitting around bullshitting about. We were talking. You mentioned IEDs earlier and, and the finding of the IEDs. Do you think um, you think we'll see that here in the states? You think that's going to come this way? You know, the same people coming into the states are going to try to do it, and it's going to be easy for them to get a hold of you know, for explosives. Just like Ted was saying earlier, that's pretty well controlled. The, the norm, norm stuff that we have. But yeah, I, I I could see car bombs. I could see all that stuff coming our way. You know, and, I, and, and as a law enforcement, a lower law enforcement guy, everything I've done now, I could see in the hands of our our law enforcement guys. You know, just don't walk up to a building and start searching it. You know, work your way up to it. Clear the outside of it. We say that. We say that in our training. Yeah, you got to clear the outside first. But I mean, come on, I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I never did walk up to the front door and go in. We were eventually back there. I'm going to go in and clear everything. It'll be good. Everything's okay. Now, look at the view. Look at the view. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just like, you wouldn't even have thought of stuff like that until now. So, I mean, I think our training needs to change. Yeah, bit. right. I know a lot of guys, you know, from the earlier days that we start messing with them a little bit, especially out of BLK, um, they start going the long leashes. They thought it was crazy in the beginning. I don't need that much room. My dog will hang me with it, you know, and, now you just shooting work. They they they've taken the time and they've learned that they can use that much distance. You can see a dog better. You can see them work better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Long leash. <laughs> you got to be a maestro with those things. Man, you know? Since you mentioned the wind earlier, I I tell guys you got to be you got to be a connoisseur of the wind. Like you yeah. got to be really so in tune with it. And it's that's where that long line. When you combine that wind in in knowledge of the wind and where it goes and, and that long line with a bomb dog band, it's it's pretty impressive to watch. It's nice. You know, Ted, we were talking about you were out seeing the uh, Griffin Group boys 
you know, we do. Come on out and see us. You know, I can sit here and talk about this, but you got to see it. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody that I brought yeah. out, you know, and, and uh, let them walk, <laughs> walk the trail with it and stuff. I'm like, okay, that wasn't what I thought you meant, but that is some cool stuff, you know. You, you got to see it because everybody talks. Oh, yeah, I got this. I got this. And it's like, no, come on out and see us, man. You'll, you'll, I think you'll appreciate a dog that, you know, two laps down the road, don't even have, you know, two crossovers on the road. He's already got, oh, he's dragging you to it. like, hold up, right back. Yeah, I mean, it's just that it's how fascinating they are. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's crazy. I wish I had these dogs when I was yeah. a young guy. <laughs> I didn't have to run around. Yeah. One of the other things that um, that um, everybody wanted me to ask you about was tracking. So um, I'm either famous or infamous or whatever for you know eric and i both are like you know his only job is to find shit and bite people That's the best. so <laughs> when people like when dogs are there and, and i talk to admins and i'm like look his job is to find drugs well if it's a dual purpose narcotics dog i'm like his job is to find drugs and bite exactly. shitheads you know you kind of hit on it earlier and i knew we were going to come back to it so Talk about how you start dogs with tracking and the importance of tracking also in okay. odor work. So my tracking experience started off with 20 years of not knowing how to track a dog. We just didn't do it in the military. <laughs> well, I went to my basic right. patrol dog school. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That, 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 that's... We, we learned how to put a harness on the dog and take it off. I'm like, well, what are we going to use to get what's a tracking harness? You need to make, put it on and take it off. Are we going to track? Well, no. We need to learn how to put that on and off. Oh, okay. That's the last no, time I ever saw that harness. So, again, I, you know, being stationed in Germany where I should have probably took, spent my own money and went out and saw some of the better German trackers over there, I, I sort of, like, listened and played attention and watched and got a lot of videos and, you know, and, and, and started to put my own together. It wasn't actually until I got out of the service. That was in Augusta, Georgia. And we were looking for a, a different style of dog. And I actually found out a friend of mine and said, hey, you remember Kenny Licklider? I'm like, yeah, I sure do. It's about 96. And uh, he's like, uh, you know he's got a kennel. I'm like, no, no, I didn't know that. I called him. And this is before, you know, you could do a video and send it on the computers and stuff. So I was like, Kenny, send me some CDs or send me a videotape, a VCR. That's some of your dogs, right? <laughs> so, you know, that took a week or so to get to right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay. I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is great. So I got one of my first dogs from Kenny from our department. You know, this is a big deal for this department because everything they've gotten is, oh, you know, from older people. Tom Brenneman, that style of dog, you know, and that's an old name there, if you know it. Um, and so, you know, they worked okay, but they weren't across the board that you were looking for for law enforcement. So we put out some money for this dog, put a good kid through it, and came back, and his first night on the on the street with it. We ended up getting this guy that we had uh, been looking for for quite a while. I got three nice cookies up in the dashboard, cracked, and we ended up chasing him when he decided to take off. We brought him back, and I'm like, you know, this is what our bread and butter is. You know, if you're a dog handler, your job is to bring people back that run away. You've got to bring them back. You can't go out there, oh, I couldn't find them. I couldn't get them. You know? mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to have those couples. they got a plan. And their plan was they're going to run so far and they go this direction. And you're going to be waiting in the car for them, and they're going to call you on the cell phone and tell you when to come pick them up. But you still, we still validated our tracks at that time by where they did get dropped off, and the investigators picked them up later on. Hey, we got that guy you got running after the other night. Yeah, what, 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 what was the story? He goes, well, yeah, well, you told us when he got picked up in the car and left. 
like the interesting. So we're starting to validate that we weren't in, and, you know, the and, track you know, wasn't no good. It was just that he was faster than us. And that's something, Eric, you need to tell that story or what you do or why. But Eric tells that all the time at HRDs when we talk about tracking and why they need to end that way. But yeah, yeah we do a, um, so we, it, yeah, it, inner city tracking, like I did and tracking all the time. If the, if the dog lost the track, the guy's all assumption is he must've got picked up in the car. He must've got picked up a car, which could be true and probably is, but so what I started doing in training is I said, well, let's find out exactly what your dog does when he has no odor, like it's completely out of odor. So we just, we put the, we have the decoy walk the track and then somebody go pick him up in a car. And then we let the handler, sometimes, <laughs> <I know. laughs> usually in the beginning, I let the handlers know where the track ends so that they can do the track, they get to it. And I'm like, just, just let him work it out. And then let's see what his behavior is when there's nothing absolutely nothing. And then once once the handler seems to have a pretty good handle on that, um, then we do it unknown, where the guy got picked up, but I'm just not going to tell you where it happened. Right. Um, so it's a good idea for, for the handlers to understand when there there is absolutely no odor whatsoever, and they don't try to talk their dog into something. Right. I tell you people, know, your dog will ghost track you to Utah if you let him. Sure. <laughs> I, I can tell you for <laughs> I, I always – bought IPO3s. It was mainly for the fact that I could get them on the street faster. I already knew they made it there. They were pretty decent in their tracking, their bite work. The odor came along with it. Um, But it just gave me a more proficient dog. So the tracking was pretty decent. My IPO3, I had him for, you know, 12 years. But I can pull him out of the car when I often at my starting point to go figure out which way this guy went. If I had to reach down, when I reached down to pick up his leg to put the lead under, because I'm like old school, you know, put on the dog's front leg. And uh, if I reached down and picked it up and put it under, I put it back in the car and go with it, get, get my partner and say, we're, we're going to follow your dog tonight. Because I knew I was going to be on the ghost track all night long. But if I was starting to reach mm-hmm. down and he put his own leg under over the lead, I'd be like, let's go. Guaranteed, man. Yeah. Guaranteed. But I mean, dog will give you good indications. Yeah. But that's, that's from a lot of tracking. We tracked all night long if we, you know, from one case to another to another, but we spent a lot of time tracking. That was our bread and butter. It would get to a point if one of our traffic guys, you know, was 1080 on foot running, you know, people would look at everybody going, oh, that guy ain't from around here. Because <laughs> he's going to go to jail. We'll, we'll have him like 30, 40 minutes. We'll be picking him up. We get a lot of requests for, um, like, tracking info. Um, and unfortunately at HRD, um, we don't get time to do that. Uh, one, because of aging and two, because, you know, I mean, we have, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 teams and running a tracking scenario for that many teams in three days, you know, in the area, scram, yeah. you know, cram other shit in there is, is yeah. Oh well, yeah. And, and then, you know, and, and then having <laughs> 15 on, <laughs> uh, unmitigated and un like on cross track and everything else like, or well, cross track either way, but you know, on touch tracks is difficult to do. Um, so that's one thing that Eric and I get a lot. Um, so, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys start that. 
Okay, so for us, it's it's part of our basic course. You know, they require 12, 1,200 meters on graduation. And that's with uh, a 20, 20 minutes like that it. time at least. You know, so when I get a dog back, it's pretty mm-hmm. much going to be, you know, the only routine that might change is they might be on the back of the harness or they might not be using the collar. They might be, you know, using the collar but not putting it underneath the leg. You know, and I've always like, man, come on, one way, consistency. You know, if you do it this way, the dog learns, and everybody yep. can, you know, have a, a stay with proficiency. But we're pretty decent on that. So what we what we've come to find is, you know, um, there'll be times where I will run a road, say like one of the drop zones. I'll roll out in the vehicle. Another guy will be with me. We'll have our odors, and we'll roll down the road. We'll put an odor out, and we'll roll down a little bit further, <laughs> and then we start a team from way back to start searching. One team. And then when he finds that, that device or whatever we put out there and stuff, we'll pick it up. We'll move up the road again and lay another one out. So at some point in time, what I like to call leapfrogging, every dog's going to get attracted track only that dog drank. Does that make sense? Mm. So right. there's going to be no yep, reason to do that yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we do the road clears the same way also. Right. Oh, yeah. So when we're doing the road clear that way, what we'll end up doing is off that road clear, we might end up doing a track right down into the middle of the drop zone where it goes from a road clear into a track. I mean, we've always been taught that an open area problem can turn into a track, a track can turn into an open area, a track can turn into a building search, a building search can turn into, well, we use added road clears, that's all. So it's just a matter of that key, that cue, whatever the dog's word is for him to do his business, he needs to understand that, and that's where we differentiate from but I will do a, 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 a track blind off of a, a road clear where the dog will just start showing his interest on it and see if the handler gets it. And then the dog will start pulling through. And the next thing you know, they're tracking across the drop zone. That's our footprint, footprint we track. We don't do a trail. So think about that. How many problems yeah, do you I, run in a building, say odor wise, right? Because this is where we started looking at this a little bit that every dog starts tracking the other dog. Right? No. Oh, yeah. and, All and, the time. And, and some people really think, I mean, oh, personally, yeah. I don't that's, think that's a problem. I really don't. Because there's your tracking. There's where it comes into the odor work. Who's going to put the bomb in there? It's going to be somebody, whether it's you, me, or somebody else. They've got to put it in there. It's not going to just show up. You know, they fly, unless they're flying drones, you know. So the dog is actually, right. So the dog is actually using what you taught him. But you didn't teach him for that. So I was like, oh, look, at, look, at, look at that dog. Story. He's tracking his way in there. Yeah, fantastic. I like that dog. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got a clue of what's going to help him get what he's, what he's looking for. And then, of course, you know, odor takes over. You know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different beliefs in, in, in odor and stuff like that. I feel, I believe, odor is heavy, explosive odor. It drops, takes the least path resistance out of that room. That's why it's available at the door in the hallway. And I had a dog show me this. The dog's no longer here. It's one of the dogs I lost on the on the mm-hmm. IED. Um, I watched him work a, a set of stairs one time going up to an upper floor. And this dog's nose is on the ground the whole time. He gets up and he hits both sides of the doorway. He goes straight across the hallway through another door, jumps up on top of a tabletop, and then it's in the TV and sits. I'm like, holy shit, did I just see that? Did I just see this dog? Like, this dog went from, he followed odor to it coming out that way. So I put him over mm-hmm. on another doorway. Same thing. He hits both sides of the doorway, goes around the room on the right-hand side and goes right to where it's at and then drives over there. So I did about three or four rooms like this, just putting them at the doorways. 
I guess it was my time to see something from somebody. But this dog was the one that showed me that that possibility was there. Kate Billy's there. So my question next was what? Can all dogs do it? So I was like, hey, quick, quick. Go get another dog. Come here. Bring here. And we put him down. And through the day, I found that all the dogs follow the same path, follow over the same way, hit it in the same spot if you allow them to do the work. Yeah, if you allow them. If you allow them to do the work. But when you take yep. over, it's very important. Yeah. Yep. You got to. I mean, you've got to let them do the work. If you want to truly develop a good bomb dog, you got to let them do the work. Yeah, they're not going to be perfect at first, but that's where we come in. You know, my dog doesn't go into a, a room that doesn't have an odor in it because I stop them. I hit the brakes. And he goes, oh, nothing here. So he moves on. And then he starts learning. I mean, I need to go into rooms that have this man or this odor. Of course, man's easy because he's going to tell you from the beginning entrance whether he's going to be a man of the building or not. He's already, you know, right. I mean, he's already gave me everything you need to know. All right, this man here, <laughs> how we want to handle this one, you know? Or, you know, again, the odors. And I'll watch them go through. And they're not perfect every time in the beginning, but once you get them started on it, like I said, they'll go down that hallway from door to door and they'll only go in the rooms where the odors are. By the time you even get to the door, they're already sitting. That's the business. Like I said, Ted, come down and watch. You'll see. <laughs> right. no, I, I would love I, it. You know, I have a very, I have a very good friend that um, lives in, um, that lives here close to me. Uh, it was a handler in the Marines um, that was in Sangin and um, lost uh, 17 dues on one deployment. It's a canine handler. And his stories of running a bomb dog, uh, a single-purpose bo- single bomb dog on those patrols are fucking hair-raising. <laughs> when we start talking about obedience to order versus... Well, I always, I always thought those big cranes that had a big vacuum on Right. I always saw those big cranes that had a vacuum on it, and they lower it over the road. They suck a hole out, drop a bomb in it, pristinely put the dirt back down. And that's how a bomb gets there. It doesn't. You know, they got jars, or they're standing looking down that way of the road, this way of the road. So that whole picture is where that dog gets that idea of, hey, there's an idea here. So the whole disturbance, he smelled it from down the road. As he goes and he investigates, he narrows it down to that device we're looking for. But all that has a picture in it. The vehicle is walking, carrying, dragging, all that's there. I've taken, you know, time and, and just mess with certain things. Like a shovel, I'll drag it across the road right where the owner's at. And I'll watch dogs work that shovel dig and go right to the owner. Yeah, when I got out west, they weren't... Um the one trainer that was working there wasn't burying hides at all. And uh, he would just like move the sand and put the bag down and cover it a little bit. And I was like, this is pretty stupid. And uh, so I started packing a <laughs> shovel in the truck. And we got into a big fight one day at a, at, at a training location about that. He goes, you're just fucking teaching them to, to find disturbed earth. And I go, look, a-hole. I'm like, if they're in the middle of nowhere in the desert doing a route clearance on the way to a target and the dog hits disturbed earth Mm. who gives a fuck but wouldn't that be part of what we're looking you know what i mean so (laughs) right right so i used to 
So then just to show him, I would use the shovel, disturbed earth, disturb, disturb, hide, disturb, disturb, disturb. And and I think he I think he liked it. He just didn't like me. So well, <laughs> whatever I was doing was not gonna work. I know, I know that feeling. I know that feeling a lot, so but think but think about it. Sometimes what you can do is like I'll take an auger sometimes and I'll do like eight holes in a big circle. And then I'll take some gravel and I'll put it down the side of there and I'll put a little bit more gravel, I'll put an odor in, I'll put a more a little bit more gravel on it. And then it's almost like a round robin, but every hole is gonna have gravel on it. Only certain ones are gonna have odor in it. And you run them through. So they smell that fresh dig. They smell that gravel. There's nothing there. You move them to the next one, next one. And then you see where they hit the one the odor is in. You'll see them hit the fresh dig. And then you'll see that dog settle in for a second smell where he's pulled that odor out of it. They'll learn because we'll go down the road and chip dirt, shovels, you know, picks, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll mark the hell out of the road. We're only going to get the one that's got the odor in it eventually. Once you once you once you escape them from what you don't want, but a lot of times that fresh air, that fresh what do you call it, dig response, is because even in the with a hide, we're so fast to go shit. And once you've thrown that in, you don't know what that little computer's generated right off the bat. He's got the fresh dig, but he hasn't gone further into the to the hide. So a lot of times, what I'll do is I'll use gravel or pea rock or whatever, just so it can still become available. He can't see it the hole until he gets to it. Odor's going to bring him there first. And he's still got to smell to get to it. And eventually it'll go, you know, when we go down, when we're using less and less. I'll get down to about an auger blade in depth. And it's not easy. You yeah, figure out I like the auger blade. Damn. I like you, that. You, yeah. You, you figure out my dog, but when he goes 18 inches. <laughs> yeah. That. And that's because he's looking for the whole damn thing. There the plastic, go. the manufacturing, everything in it. He's not looking for that little chunk of pompy in it. So we, we've actually, you know, there's a lot of, I guess, to me, there's a lot of misconceptions. If they put a bomb in and it's been there for a year, it's pretty goddamn packed in the ground. The only thing you can hope on is either crack somewhere or they go and shake the wires a little bit. And they make that little, like, tunnel effect right to the device because you're still trying to make sure it's, it's connected to it. They help us. They realize they help us. I guess it's just the, yeah, the mind um, bother. The uh, EOD guys. Oh, yeah. What the EOD guys liked when they would find the when the dog would alert or really show some attention or change of behavior, maybe on the disturbed earth, because they would mark that spot, and they're like, "We're gonna next time we come through here, we're gonna check that again, because there was something here. Now there's not. They'll they'll come back. They'll put it back. So they they liked it. They liked it a lot, actually. Well, we had, um, we had dogs hit shovels. So uh, in the huts, you know, and when they hit a shovel, the guys be all upset, you know. And Man, he's hit that shovel. I said, turn the shovel off, get it checked. And come back with some money nitrate on the shovel. <laughs> you know? Sorry. It wasn't a oh, yeah, bomb, course. but yeah. it, it helped you get there. <laughs> you know? Special adjustment on the dogs. You know, we can't control that. We can help teach it, but we can't control it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, get so are you... Um... We do track. And we do add tracks into, like we were talking about earlier... We, you know, start out in the track, end up in the open area. In the track, I'll put in IED. And then the dog tracks, you know, and he hits the IED, he sits, he gets rewarded, we step around it, we push him on, and we finish up the tracks. One of the things that I hear a lot uh, with explosive handlers <clears throat> and that are dual purpose in the United States for law enforcement is like, oh, 
We'll never have to do that. Like I'm doing a one or the other. Um, I'm doing detection or I'm doing apprehension. Um, Eric and, and Canton is not big. Um, one of your dogs has found a device and then bit the dude that placed it. Yeah, they had a they had a call at a hospital and it was a disgruntled employee and he he placed a device. It was it was some bullshit like a like a flash device kind of thing. But he was just being an asshole. Um but the dog indicated on it and the the guys dealt with it. But while the handler was outside, um the guy's driving around out there and he keeps seeing this car come around and then the guy drives by and the handler stand there with the dog and the guy doesn't look at him. He drives right past him and doesn't look at him. Cop in uniform with a dog and <laughs> you don't look at him. And I don't remember how it went down, but it but the handler yells at the guy and the guy just stops and gets out and takes off running. Instead of just driving off. Because uh, he's panics and runs. Yeah, okay. Stellan. Yeah, right. get him. Dog goes and bites him. That was that was the dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they had a description, you know, of the guy, but it, it was it was pretty good. Not a lot of, uh, fortunately, not a lot of um, U.S. law enforcement bomb handlers find devices. Yeah, um, it is unfortunate. And yeah, it, this particular yeah, handler, on, a lot more yeah. pipe bombs. People, if we find um, that same handler on his second dog got called. Um, there was a, a, a neighboring county, a dude killed a dude. And so the deputies went to his house, the shooter's house. And he just had a bunch of shit that just didn't look right. So they brought the handler down and his dog. And he had 11 fines in that that, that house. He found um, a whole bunch of pipe bombs and he found a bunch of supplies. What he was able to do was also eliminate areas that so that like boxes that this guy had could be moved and stuff like that because he didn't indicate. But then he indicated and he found they found um, tons and tons of black powder and smokeless powder and ammonium nitrate. What the dude was doing was making pipe bombs to blow tree stumps out, supposedly. Right. He was a hillbilly uh, tree he, stump he removal guy. Sure. He would dig a hole under your tree stump and blow it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Here locally, there was a department that knew – that they were going into an area where it was going to be booby traps, explosives, and they had stockpiled weapons. And the sheriff's department said, Hey, look, we got to figure this out. And so all of a sudden, you know, it kind of fell onto these bomb handlers or these bomb dogs. And they're like, Oh, do you know how to do this? And you're like, You know how to do a route clearance? Like, up, we got to, we got to travel, you know, 600 meters up this road to get to this bunker can this dog do a rock clearance and they're like well i mean <laughs> like i i mean not really i mean you know it was trained by tsa and you know we look for packages and we do this and we do that and whatever else and like we're not really you know we're not looking for roadside ieds and uh that shit happens so those guys that are listening those those departments that are listening and they're you know that shit doesn't happen like it. That shit does happen. I mean, Eric and I, you, we've been in departments where a guy's been on SWAT like this year with HRD. And they're like, oh, we, they have done that. They have done that recently. And that shit happens like where they're finding devices, they're finding, um, they're finding buried 
devices uh, for waiting for law enforcement, for sure. That shit fucking happens. It is, and it's the new plan. You know, they all seem to be wanting to do that picture with it. You know, and, and I tell you, I've judged a few Olympics quite a few and have watched. We had, we had it road clears into this one Olympics for narcotics and for explosives. You know, a narcotics scenario would be, you know, you're chasing the drug guy and he's running and he's stealing his stuff. I've had people tell me, well, we got people to look for that. I said, not you, a dog guy. You're a dog guy. You got a dog. You're not going to go look for your evidence for who you just chased down, bit, shot? Oh, no, no. We're, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't search like that. Like, we're working my sheriff's office. <laughs> you know? It just, it just is. And I can understand the explosives guys a little bit, but, you know, it's, you're just putting it in the ground a little bit, you know, your imagination of what a dog can actually start doing. But, you know, they didn't do so well on the events. They didn't like it. So, you know, they didn't do it. So their excuse right off the bat was, well, I don't do this. I'm like, well, why not? Yeah. From current group now, like, give us a, uh, a story, um, something that, you know, kind of demonstrates the pinnacle of what we're doing. What we get back, what we get back is we get back the feedback from the teams themselves. Because you know the way we're set up, the way we're set up is we're set up. We send the guy there. Uh, you know, in the beginning, they thought our guys were in peace because they didn't know the system or what was going on until they get, oh, not really. I'm an 18 series. I mean, I do this. I'm a child. I'm an echo, whatever. And then uh, they'll, they'll get involved with them a little bit more on it. But I get the feedback from the team guys. Hey, you remember Blue? I'm like, yeah, I remember Blue. You know, he saved my life, man. You know. He, I was getting ready to go in the house and I turned the corner and he knocked me off the side, you know, knocked me into the wall and stuff went by and bit a guy that was getting ready to shoot me in the face. So, you know, wow. they, 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 yeah. they run these dogs, know their business, you know, we've had plenty of them where they've, you know, gone out distances in town, these buildings loaded with stuff in areas I can't really talk about, but you know, uh, on that offset search that we're talking right. about, you know, direct them out, let them go out and work it for us. And they've done it, you know. I can remember one hand telling me the frustration of pushing the dog through one of those one of those buildings and the dog just kept coming back to the door and sitting and he was like, I just not see him like and he pushed it again and pushed it again. He pushed about four times and he got upset, but when he turned around there was a like a, a load sitting up that was holding the door open. Oh, it was a, not a full device, but it was an explosive pack that they used just to hold the door open. And he wasn't even looking at that. Oh, but yeah. But the dog wasn't, dog wasn't oh. wrong. Yeah. And that's that piece sometimes. We no, look, no, right. Them, For sure. You know, we overlook them, what they, what they give us. You know, uh, I mean, I can tell you on and on with, you know, some of the, the, the we, we've had a lot of success. Otherwise, we've been gone already. You know that. You know oh, that. Too. You know? Oh, yeah. And no, we're, no, we're no. constantly pushing teams out oh, now. Yeah, prove it. Yep. In the beginning, they didn't really care. Now it's, uh, hey, we're going that we want. You know, that's a good thing to fulfill. And know that you can help do that. You know, and know that your guys are going to go there and they want them to be there and they come back very successful. Yeah. Now, we hear that a lot with guys in, in that community where all of a sudden they're like, oh, fuck, where's right. the dog guy? Right. <laughs> like, no, go get the dog. 
Like, we not 100% certain. They're like, no. Nah. And it's not to draw fire right. or get blown up or whatever else. It's like, no, like, we, we know. Like, we know there's something not not right, like, but where is it? I've had guys so, you know, on patrol yeah, going down, sure. and, you know, going through a ravine, high walls on both sides, probably about 15-foot walls, and they're moving. And his dog was just jumping up the side wall. He was, like, you know, giggling a little bit, going, look, look at this crazy guy. You know, he wasn't even thinking about it. And also, he's like, well, wait a minute get on and they get the upper top people that can look down and they go, ah, there's like seven people sitting up to wait in the ambush, you guys. So this dog was giving me the cases down that wow. little crevice that, you know, there was something up there coming oh. down. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you just don't think about it. You know, when you when you haven't been exposed, a lot of these guys are new. They haven't been exposed like you, Eric, you know. And mm-hmm. Ted, you know, where we've been out. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's... Well, we're out there all the time. You know, I can remember nights on end, yeah. you know, thinking as I'm tracking a guy, you know, this guy just go out the bank, he's got a news, he's and I'm in the woods laughing, chasing him. I'm having a good time. Who, who thinks like that, you know? <laughs> you're yeah. supposed to shoot worry about you're going to get stopped. Having a good time. <laughs> I mean, I did. I a pretty good crew of guys I worked with, and I enjoyed every bit of it. And I even hired one who's down in seventh group working. That he was on the sheriff's office with me, you know, and I groomed him from a very early age. It is what it is. Yeah, it's a, and that that's a good good gig for guys, man. If their their heart's in the right place and they're really into it, man, the this the um the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping, you know, the guys that when they're deployed and making, you know, hopefully bringing guys back. It's pretty satisfying. Pretty good job. We, for for our for our group, we're we're very very fortunate. You know, our losses have not been dog related. I hate to say that, you know, in that sense, you know, but they haven't been dog related. Mm-hmm. Bad luck, you know. Wrong place, right time, and for someone yeah. else. And unfortunately, but we haven't lost a lot. I've lost two dogs and one person in eight, in some, what ten years. Knock on wood, you know, whatever you knock on. Yeah. We try to make them very, very smart in a very short amount yeah. of time. I mean, we have an advantage. We're cops. We grew up wanting to do this. They're, you know, soldiers. <laughs> Making them dog handlers. Yeah. A lot of them didn't grow up thinking, damn, I think I'll do that. Sure. Yeah. Now, today, real quick before we, before we go, is that a... Um, is dog handling a billet for your guys? Like they can stay in and stay in and stay in as a dog handler? Well, I'm a, I'll tell you what I know they can tell you. It's the same thing. For them, it's like a three-year. three, three year. You know, they're sergeant majors or making sure they're okay. careers and they're going to become sergeant majors, all that stuff. Um, there are times, though, we get lucky yeah. where we get a certain sergeant major that comes in and he says, hey, this is what you like doing. Hey, come here and, you know, we'll let you stay here for a little bit. Of that, they do their piece with us, and they punch yep, back yeah. to their teams, and we start all over again. So we're almost like a revolving door. So with that being said, my system is somewhat designed and trained to facilitate that. I, I can't have a, a one-man dog. He's got to work for everybody. And with the way that these guys have to go to school to right. do their things, um, and again, he's still an asshole, a dog, <laughs> you know, still does his business. But we packed them so well with our group that any one of our guys can work any one of our dogs. And the rituals are the same for all of yeah, them. Yeah, I like That's that. That's one thing I, I probably like haven't even touched is the rituals. 
I remember when I was going through VLK to get my outside, because I already had a, you know, my military training, but I had to get an outside certificate. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. Kenny's like, rituals, rituals. I'm like, rituals, rituals. What the hell is that shit? I get my dog home and this thing would fall apart. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell? And then I figured it out. <laughs> rituals. My God, that's gold. You know, think about it. Do the same thing, same way every time, and the dog looks. What a concept. And yeah. It's worked, it's worked for me ever since. It's funny how that, I, it's, I literally just had this conversation 20 minutes before we started recording with a guy <laughs> about that. Literally just talked about that. <laughs> so again, for, and, for, um, for me, yeah, that picture. Like, oh, I, uh, I, all the dogs in my kennel, um, the guys all know, all the canine handlers know how I work dogs. And so I'll, we'll go train somewhere. I'll say I have four dogs in the truck. I'll get four different dudes to go handle. Hey, go get so-and-so. And I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to be in the room. You go work them. And then the next guy, somebody else go work. So when the dogs get turned over to their handler, there's 20, 20 people have worked the dog. Sure. As long you as know, it's all the same time, same right. way. Right. You have people that will go crazy in their minds. Oh no, he's got to build rapport. You don't be working for one person. Sorry, buddy. This is one. You know, if I lose my guy or I lose a dog, I got to be able to bring him another dog like now. You know, and I want to bring him a dog that he's worked. Yeah. The dog knows him. He very quickly to adapt and go. And that's that's the name of our business. You know, I remember in the very beginning, you know, it was our job as the contractor at the time to go back up to the school, get a dog, take the dog in country, and then train it there. With what? Oh, no <laughs> shit. You know, with what? You know, like I got this whole school class <laughs> of warehouses building. Yeah. You ain't got all that. So we sort of mixed that, you know, put a little kibosh in that in the beginning. Yeah, we'll just have another dog ready to go. And that'll be easy. And that hmm. dog worked with other people. So think about going through your whole career or, or someone with less time, but, you know, go through your career and say, I had one dog in the seven years I was on this department. In three years, my guy is going to touch at least 20 dogs and learn 20 different behaviors and energies and the way they go. But they're going to oh, work yeah. in the same way. But they're going to learn, you know, hey, take this one out. Run this one right now. It might be it might be myself and one person running a whole truckload of dogs for the day. Dog's going to oh, get yeah. his training. There's, there's, you can't, uh, well, come, these people have schools. they got to go to classes and stuff, too, like everybody else. You know? So I will not set a dog up for a week, three weeks without uh, no training. We can go through the whole thing. I mean, I had to do this when I was in the military. You go up on police for 30 days, you got to come back and recertify. I'm like, that's stupid. Why? Why don't we just keep carrying the dog on the order? When he comes back, we'll run him to a, a short start and he's, and he's good to go. But that was our regulation, remember? All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up. All right, guys. Um, I'm really glad that you were able to, to get on here and talk. I, I didn't think. I hope, uh, I, helped yeah. you. I hope I helped you out. We never sure. reached out to you earlier. Oh, yeah. And you yeah, guys are sure. about we didn't reach out earlier because I'm like, they won't be able to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. When somebody suggested like you, I was like, fuck, they're not going to let him say anything. I was well, like, I really, oh, I really haven't done nothing. That's, that's <laughs> not like, oh, no, probably no. dollars right now in the book. Yeah, no. So. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So, um, but, and that was kind of the, that was kind of one of my issues. And I was like, fuck, they're this, really is, this is not what they taught so, me. This but no, what I, and you know, you're getting my input, not theirs. 
So it's, exactly. It's a, yes. I think it's a pretty good picture. Exactly. And I'm willing to share. So, I share it. Mike, I'm going to turn out some good hammers for you guys later on when they get out and they want to be in law enforcement. They're already yes. going to be there. Different, different breed. I've, uh yeah. Uh Instagram Tether Discord Summers. Um the podcast can be found at working underscore dog underscore radio. And then obviously uh Torchlight K9, letter K number nine. Um is where everything what I do every day is posted. So what about you? Uh Van S K9 on Instagram, Van S K9 Academy on Facebook, uh Van S Doggy Daycare on Facebook. Ridgeside Canine Ohio on there. Uh, I'm all over there. Oh, yeah, sure. I yeah, got the sure. pet yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. going everywhere. I got yeah, the, sure. the uh, working dog stuff going everywhere. Um, we have HRD Police Canine. Um, 2020 yep. is going to be pretty epic for that company. I think. Uh, tw- man, 2020 is going to be gnarly for HRD. Yeah. So uh, 2019 was pretty rough. Yeah. So uh, 2020 is going to be even even gnarlier. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, Roy, we really appreciate it, man. Um, you know, uh, this has been an interview that we've, like, wanted to do for a while, and I was sort of, like, afraid of no, asking. But uh, no, man, I, I I super appreciate you uh, coming on, and uh, it's been great. Y'all have a great sure. night. So, uh, yeah. All right, thank yeah. you very we'll much. We'll see everybody soon. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Our very first sponsor, our most loyal guy, is Arno over at ALM Suits and Canine Equipment. I love his tugs, his suits, everything he's got going on. His hidden sleeve is yeah. legit. His trainer yeah. sleeves. All that stuff, man. We get a lot of stuff from Arno. When you call, he's the guy that answers the phone. He's a one-man operation, kicking ass over there. He's over in Vegas. If you're in town, hook him up and check him out. Ted, talk about his website and discount code. It's uh, ALMK9, the letter K number nine, equipment.com. That's ALMK9, equipment.com. If you use the discount code WDR Radio, it'll give you 10% off your first order as long as it's not a suit. He has, I just saw recently too that he's got those uh, super thin hidden Kevlar sleeves back in stock. Uh, those are the ones that Eric and I got as a prototype and uh, we both love those things and they've become kind of the go-to thing for a lot of the hidden sleeve guys like PSA for the carjacking. And it's what we use for a lot of the scenarios you see where we use super thin equipment we're rolling around wrestling with handlers. But uh, keeps you protected. Keeps the dog engaged, lasts for quite a while, fits well too. So ALMK9Equipment.com. Yes, one of our very, very first sponsors of the podcast before we even recorded an episode is the guys out in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania at Bravo 3 and at Tripwire. Uh, we love those guys. They do a fantastic job of training the modern law enforcement and first responder. And that's what Bravo 3 is really all about. It's about an, a combination of SWAT, canine, Bomb EOD, fire, hazmat, TAC med, and SOF first responder guys. Everybody gets together to share information. So you've got a lot of people there that are really, really good at what they do, including Eric and I. We're going to be instructors. When is it, Eric? It is October 26th through the 29th in Gettysburg. You can sign up at bravo-3.com, www.bravo-3.com. Come see us, man. Come hang out. We'll have a good time. Yep. I want to take two seconds and talk about the entrance and exit music that everybody hears here, which is kind of an important part of the entire thing we do. The artist, Brother D, has been extremely gracious in letting us use this music, and I want everybody to go hit him up 
And if he comes to town, go see him. Go buy his shirts and go buy his CDs. It's Brother D E G E dot net. All of his new music's up there. You can get it on the same place that you're listening to this. You can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Google Play, or you can order it straight from his website. But go hit him up. He's a great dude, super gracious. And if you get a chance, go see him live. You got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother D E G E.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Duck Radio was edited and co produced by Alicia Brandt. <laughs>